And if people don't know what a dingbat is, look, I'm gonna ask Juju. Juju, do you know what a dingbat is? Is it like the dingo ate my baby? <laughs> <laughs> Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it cause it's your business, your business, business. Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery. And listen, happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Pride Month, everybody. There's a lot of energy this month, and this episode is no different. We got Shantae Wayans on the call today. We got her. We're talking comedy. We're talking life. And yes, it's that Shantae Wayans of the Funny Wayans family. We also have Amaya Tout and Ellen Hodges, who are the co-founders of Song Glorious. You might have seen them on Shark Tank. We're going to talk business. And then we're also going to talk Father's Day. We're going to talk Juneteenth, cultural appropriation. What's going on? Cole's going to make it make sense with dads at the door. We're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of energy. It's turned up. Let's go! Okay, so I know that it's Father's Day, but I got a story because I met Mrs. Obama, y'all. Let me just say that again for the people in the back. Our forever first lady, Mrs. Michelle Obama, number 44's wife, I met her this past week and it was an experience. So let me, I I just have to tell you about this experience because memories are forever. First, when, you know, we go, shouts to when we all vote, they gave the Atlanta Dream an award. The reason I went to LA was to receive an award for the Atlanta Dream. It was at the Culture for Democracy Summit. Mrs. Obama was going to be there. So, you know, we're going like you flip the schedule upside down. We're heading there. So we get the award. And then when I'm going to go meet Mrs. Obama, it was a whole ordeal. There were celebrities everywhere. It was star-studded. I just casually ran into Carrie Champion, Doc Rivers, Chris Paul, Neka Agumake. I mean, like casually, CJ McCollum. Like this is just through the hallway. So as I'm walking through the hallways to get there, you know, I'm seeing all these people. Harrison Barnes was there. And then I get to, you know, you go through two doors to get to where she is. I thought... It's a whole line around the stadium, pretty much. I'm talking about this line is long. So I look at the guy that, you know, walked us up there. I'm like, don't you know chocolate melts in the sun? Because we're out here waiting. I got photos to take. I'm nervous. So then the lady that's the host was in front of me. They have to pull her to the front. So, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I got a flight to catch. I'm wondering if I could hop with her. We get to jump to the front of the line. And then when we get there, they start confiscating stuff. Now, mind you, this is a big deal, obviously. So the Atlanta Dream, we had jerseys made. The One of the jerseys says number 44 has Mrs. Obama on the back. I know that's very clever because President Obama was number 44. Then we had a when we all vote jersey made for them. Then I had a ball that I wanted to get signed because in 2009, when I went to the White House to meet President Obama, He signed a ball for me. I had asked for his campaign ball. He signed it, told me fortune favors the bold. And I'm like, whoa, the ball's not at our house in West Virginia. I have to say that out loud. So don't nobody be trying to run up on nobody's houses. It's it's in a secure place. But long story short, I wanted to get the king and the queen to sign a ball. So I had this whole line ready for when I go meet Mrs. Obama. So now it's my turn. I'm in the front of the line with nothing to show. You're supposed to bring gifts to the queen. I don't have no gifts. They've been confiscated. But I go to tell her my line. I said, my forever first lady. In 2009, I got to meet President Barack Obama. And then she cut me off and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that's not the point right now. It's about me right now. And I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, I had to pivot real quick. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. 
I wanted to meet my forever first lady. You're our family's MVP. My snook loves you. My wife loves you. Boom, boom, boom. The Atlanta dream. We thank you. And she was like, you know, we thank you guys too for what you're doing in the community. And then at that point, you know, I guess my time, they was kind of moving me out the way, shifting us out the way. And I shouted to her, you're welcome to an Atlanta Dream game anytime. She shouted, okay. And I felt like I was in the midst of a secret service operation. I knew they were all around me, but I couldn't really tell who was what. And then they had already not let the film crew in. So they was, we didn't get the footage we wanted, but I was feeling on a high. I felt really high. I'm like, I'm mic'd up. So at least we got Mrs. Obama's voice. So I'm feeling good leaving there. That was the best one minute of my life, honestly. Magic Johnson was there. It was star studded. And as we know, Magic Johnson is a co-owner of the Bank of California Stadium. And that's where the event was held. So it was just a really crazy event. And I was really excited because Although we didn't get video, I knew I had the audio. But would you believe that when I walked around the corner and I met up with the crew, they let me know that apparently the audio gets scrambled when you get around the first lady. <sighs> you know what? That part was cool to me too because I knew that I was in a covert operation. And then when I found out that they scrambled my mic, that it was really lit. So I know it's Father's Day. I know Juneteenth is coming up. Shouts to the first lady, my forever first lady. feel like they don't get enough love they probably don't feel that way because you know we talk a lot about moms and how moms carry the household and how moms do their thug thizzle and they work and they take care at home and how moms are just moms shouts to the moms but hey this is about the dads right now so <laughs> i understand that the dads may not feel like they get enough love on father's day you know i saw recently a video of lebron he was playing basketball with his sons LeBron was playing basketball with his sons, and something interesting happened at the end of the video. Yep. Well, first of all, his son said that he was going to go play video games. I don't know what his son said either, but LeBron was like, what are you about to do with the video games? And it was some video game term that we don't know as adults, I'm assuming. And then at the end of the video, LeBron does a dunk, and he says, on your head. Isn't that what they say? On your head. And I was like, LeBron, what are you doing? This is us. Watch your head, boy. He should have sucked me in for that one. So... Watch your head on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the Father's Days out there. We wanted to show you guys some love, okay? Shouts to my father-in-law as well on Father's Day because we was just over there. He just made me a steak. It was delicious. We love the fathers here, right? Yes, Come on. absolutely, absolutely. And let me just tell Jerry I wish I was there. <laughs> he loves cooking for everybody especially <laughs> when renee renee when my mom comes like i said she, they always gotta have renee taken care of both her and jerry i know that i love right. it here i love it here yep so let me tell you i have some great father's day memories of diddy but i have some really funny ones too and if anybody knows my father they know he is a logical person. It don't oh, matter yes. <laughs> what's going on in the world. You got to make it make sense you for have Diddy. to make it make sense, <laughs> which is probably where I got that from, too. I'm very like, it has to be logical. If it's not logical, it's ridiculous. So basically, my dad was teaching us about logic our entire lives. He would always have jokes or something. So one of the funniest things that my dad did to me that made me just feel like, oh, that was real crazy and dumb is one day I was washing my hair 
And you know how teenagers as we do, because I was going to get all dolled up. I was be going out with my friends, probably going somewhere to freeze with no clothes on and walk around with no jacket. Think I was cute. <laughs> so <You laughs> I had washed it. my hair and I went to mom and dad's room and they were watching some type of sporting event on TV. This has been our entire lives. And I said, Mom, can I borrow the hairdryer? And she's like, yeah, sure. Now, I just got out of the shower. I just washed deep conditioned, rinsed, and now I'm ready to blow dry and get cute. And I walk in there and I say, I got to borrow the blow dryer and my hair is soaking wet. And my dad's like, baby doll, you got to be careful now. You can't use that while your hair is wet. You'll electrocute yourself. I said, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Dad. I'll wait till it dries and then I'll blow dry. And then I went to my room, put the blow dryer on my bed, started watching Yo! MTV raps, which if you're old enough to know, <laughs> okay, you know. Okay, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> and then it took me about, it literally took me about four minutes. And I was like, wait a minute. I went, I said, Dad, that's what the blow dryer is for. He said, babe, you got air between your ears. Just straight air. It's nothing in between your ears. <laughs> It took me that long to figure out. I said, Daniel, why would you do that? He said, just air. It's just pure air, ain't it? But I did it. You know, you bring up a great point because I think that Snook is the leader of the dingbats uh, in yeah, our family. Is, yeah. that, is that what he called? Like, oh, did yeah. he call you a dingbat too, yes. Snook? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay, so Snook's a dingbat. Cole's definitely. He's called all of us dingbats, including Nikki's mother-in-law yeah. on the streets of Washington, D.C. He yelled it at us that we were a car full of dingbats. A car full of digabats. Yeah, Diddy can't handle like people that aren't logical. Like he, if if you can't make it make sense, Diddy can't handle that. So no. I think that I'm the only non dingbat of the oh, family. Oh, Renee, please. Uh, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Renee, you've had your dingbat moments too. We all have dingbat <laughs> moments in our lives. Like we all do as humans, but you guys are dingbats on a normal basis. And I think that what, what he's. You have got to be kidding, Renee. I no, know no. I have heard dad refer to you as dingbat on Sam, more you're than a one occasion. Too. Yeah, she calls me one all the I time. Too. <laughs> she be, when when people say stuff and I'll be like, huh? No. <laughs> and if people don't know what a dingbat is, a dingbat, look, I'm gonna ask Juju. Juju, you is your mic working? I don't know. Am I working? Testing one too? Yes. Juju, <laughs> do you know what a dingbat is? Uh is it like the dingo ain't my baby? <laughs> well, I'm gonna give you some hints exactly. on what a dingbat no. is. Right. Serena's a dingbat, Snook's a dingbat, and Cole's a dingbat. Now, do you have? Does that help you understand any more what a dingbat is? Look, I do not want to step in any booby traps. <laughs> I don't know nothing from nothing about dingbats. <laughs> don't sound good. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so a dingbat, uh, thank you, Danny. Danny is in the chat. A dingbat is basically like saying someone is airheaded. Some people call it like blonde moment. Like somebody, if somebody says she's a blonde, they're basically calling her a dingbat. They have very airheaded moments. Danny said a space cadet. All of the above. <laughs> We're talking about Father's Day. Juju, you don't have any kids, do you? No, ma'am. Uh, I rebuke okay. that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that. Father, <laughs> you, I cast it out. Now. <laughs> All right, so we're not going to give you no Father's Day love. You get oh, the uncle love, okay? If they have Uncle's Day. Roy is the only father on the podcast, so happy Father's Day to happy our father's father's producer, Roy. Y'all be nice to Roy on Father's Day. So that's, we were talking about dingbats, and my ditty calls a lot of us dingbats because he likes logic. But we're speaking about <laughs> holidays in the general sense of the term. 
And we want to talk about a little bit of what's going on. Like, that's what I'm going to call this. What's going on? Because <laughs> we saw that Walmart released some ice cream that I guess it was Juneteenth ice cream. I don't even know what flavor it was. Does anybody know what the actual flavor? I think flavor? it had strawberries. Didn't it have a strawberry in it or something? It had a little bit of hmm. strawberry in it or something. I think it was almost like a Neapolitan feel, but they put a Juneteenth name on it, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember the exact foolishness it was, right but that was something now. like that. So what exactly about the ice cream made it Juneteenth, I do not know. But what I do know is that people weren't necessarily feeling this idea. I also heard something about some watermelon salad. I, what's going on? What's going on? Well, let me just say this. Now, you know, I can understand that, you know, Walmart or any of these big corporations might want to let people know that they're embracing diversity. But why don't you embrace diversity by taking that money that you use to develop and market this ice cream or this watermelon salad and give it to a HBCU? <laughs> Say, in honor of Juneteenth, I'm giving this money to Morehouse, Spelman, West Virginia State University, or something like that. Why are you trying to just, uh, what do I want to say, fill your pockets more on our day, on What's our day? What's going on? Greed. Yeah, it is. It's corporate right. greed. And then and I cultural didn't even know about appropriation. This. Yes. And I heard about some Bath and Body Works line of... Oh, yeah, for Black oh, History yeah. Month. Yep. On Black History Month. So what she's referencing is on Black History Month, I believe that they came out with a collection or a line that had black something along the lines yeah. to do with Black History Month. Again, we asked the same question. What's going on? <laughs> and, you know, we, we need lotion every month of the year. So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not like we just need to drink Black Mom. History, we thank need lotion you. every month of the year. Yeah, so thank you. you should be we don't, exactly. Exactly. And that's and I told Bryce that because Bryce said, Well, my son had a debate with some kids in his class and they were talking about certain products and everything. And I told him because he was saying they were debating whether certain ethnicities need lotion. And I said <laughs> Uh, how many lotion commercials have you had that you've seen the black ethnicity? Because we wear it anyway. Why? They wouldn't market it to us because they already make, that's where they make their money. So, so my wait, point was is, somebody saying that, I, I've seen every race be ashy. Now, I've had some white teammates that had some <laughs> ashy legs. So I'm trying to figure out what's the debate. I want to know who was debating. That was the debate. Whether <laughs> Caucasians and other ethnicities needed lotion. They didn't, they, some of them felt like lotion was, it was not needed. needed. And I told them, I said, well, when you go back for the rest of this debate because I guess it was something they were doing in class. I said, ask them how many commercials, how many lotion commercials you see that are geared towards the African-American. We already wear it. So there's no point in losing money on marketing in that aspect. Well, they better advertise to us as well. We need it. <laughs> no, what he needed to do was go back to class and have everyone pull up their pants leg. Listen. <laughs> no, and then get, no, and then start scratching, folks. This is what yeah. I do. Like, if you don't think you scratch need lotion, test. you better pass this yeah. scratch test. You see that? I put on lotion today. You know how you can tell? Oh, you don't yeah. see White oh, streaks yeah. going down oh, yeah. here. <laughs> but the point is, is that I'm going to tell you 99% of African-Americans are already wearing some type of lotion. We go to the store, we're going to pick up some type Nicole, of lotion product. Nicole, they still got to advertise the people that use the Do product. Do you want the uh, listen, Black don't History Month? Listen, don't you drink Coca-Cola, but I'm going to tell you right now, Coke still got commercials, Pepsi still doing the halftime show. Well, not anymore, but people going to advertise you, advertise to stay at the top everybody of Everybody drinks Coke, everybody drinks Pepsi. Do you really want want the African-American lotion line at Bath and Body Works? No, I'm okay, saying... Okay, well, then that's what you're asking for. They don't have, they don't to, have to use advertise cultural appropriation, like that. Yeah, but they, they don't can have to still have well, a demographic I, I that they market to as well. I agree with you, but that's like 
advertising heat and hell. Why? It's like there's other Why ways you advertise to, to us about lotion. It's like <laughs> advertising <laughs> heat and hell. <laughs> it's kind of like when you. Nancy Pelosi did the whole White House thing. It's like there's other ways that you can pay tribute or respect or something like that. You don't yes. have to go overboard. Right. And it should have been something where it wasn't going to be lucrative to your pockets. Mm. I mean, make it lucrative to someone who, you know, might have a meaning for Juneteenth. That's what gets me. You know? And who was in the room that allowed where this foolishness in the room where it to happened. hit the production line? That's like, a good How point. many people did it have to hit before someone said, push the button and said, let's spend millions of dollars on Juneteenth ice cream. And then they had to take it off the you shelves know, and throw it away. That's a great point. I want to know who was in the room when they was arguing over lotion. That's what I want to know. Who was in that <laughs> room? Like, did the teacher walk in and be like, okay, kids, raise your hand if you ask you. Like what was the <laughs> some kids never even heard the word Juneteenth ashy. debate? Like exactly. this debate falls around Juneteenth. I got questions because yes. here's another thing: Did people know that healthy skin just needs to be moisturized in general? Like I'm doing the ash test, but that was just a physical test. But I hope people just know that lotion is actually supposed to moisturize and oh, nourish. Right. So whether or not you can see that people need lotion, which is there, they were doing a physical debate. Lotion actually has uses that aren't just for to see if you ashy or not. Like that's I'm just throwing that out there. Cole as well. brings up a great point because other brands have gotten in trouble with this. Dove actually has gotten in, in trouble a couple times yep. for some. I can't remember exactly because it's been a few times. But who is in the room? You know when all these. <laughs> I always wonder that same exact thing because now you know I I don't doubt that there are some people that come from from minority backgrounds in those rooms. But then who is actually making the decisions? You know because. Because are you really going to speak up to your boss? Yeah. Are they allowed to talk? They be lame. They don't know no better. <laughs> but listen, back in the day, back in the day, this is the day when I was in school, maybe prior to you all, but I'm pretty sure at the beginning of your lives, it was Pons. Everybody remember Pons? Mm. Pons yes, had advertisements. Yes. Did you ever see any of us doing any of the Pons advertisements? There was no need for it. <laughs> but that's Why? what I'm saying. You know, that They're, they're advertising that. to a certain demographic. I'm and they're advertising saying, the wrong way. I think I'm just saying they can do better. What if I don't know what Pons is? You don't know what Pons is? No, man. I'm so sorry. It's lotion. <laughs> it was a lotion line. It's Pons lotion used to be like, it was like, like Jergens. Pons and Jergens okay. were about on the same though. level. Yeah. And Pons was always the comparative for Jergens. And there, to be honest with you, there wasn't a lot. It was either cocoa butter, Pons, Jergens. It wasn't a lot of you know, different options as far as lotion. But again, even in those commercials, it's almost like they didn't actually put to our demographic because we were, it's like when they go out and do these questions on the street, they're like, okay, do you wear, yeah. Well, if 99% of the people you're interviewing or you're surveying say in their African-American or ethnicity other of brown, if they say they're already wearing lotion, when they go back to the boardrooms, they only advertise, they say, well, we found out that this part of the market is not buying lotion. That's the part we need to go to. So as far as this Juneteenth thing, and I, and personally, I feel like it wasn't a malicious thing, but it's the same thing. It was a stupid thing. It was stupid, but (laughs) they advertise they sell everything on every holiday. I've even seen now there are religious holidays that they're catering to that just need to be left alone, like mm. certain Jewish holidays. Certain, oh, yeah. They're messing stuff up in those particular aspects as well. If you try well, to commercialize so. anything too much, it's going to yes. feel yes. like yes. culture appropriation. Exactly. I think that's the point exactly. that we're trying to make. Every holiday is a celebration. Let's get it popping. But if you're going to lean in, that's what I think the companies are trying to do. They're trying to lean in and show that they support 
support a certain culture or a certain community. And of course, Snook, you're right. They do want to make a little money along the way. You have to figure out a way to collab. Like that's why we say collab, collab, collab. And listen. And listen, Linda, (laughs) because hypothetically, if Walmart made an announcement that we're partnering with every single HBCU they're all going to get a portion. We're all we're going to donate Bam. $2 million to every single HBCU. And the way we're going to do that is we got our ice cream coming out in Juneteenth, baby. I think that that would have been perceived completely different. You're absolutely right. They could have even taken it a step further and been like, you know what? To the sporting teams or to the this, it's the year of Title IX. So since it's the 50th anniversary of Title IX, we're donating to all the women's sports teams at HBCUs. And how we're going to do that? We got ice cream on Juneteenth. I think that matters. But because they had a room of people that I don't know who was in there, we don't know who was in the room where it happened. Because we don't know what happened in there, it fell flat. Because We know what happened. Well, we know know what happened. We're going to send this clip to the boardroom of Walmart and see what they say. Tell them that, you know, you needed to have been sitting there. Listen, you better got to go overboard with the aesthetics, too, because I think that's where it goes wrong in a lot of these lines is the aesthetics of it. Just it just doesn't feel right when you look at it. It's like, you know, if we're here to celebrate history over here in this country, then why are we showing images of other continents? I'm not going to be specific, but I know what you're talking about. And here's another idea. Just throwing it out there. If you want to lean in, what if you got a black artist from one of those HBCUs to do the label, to do the artwork, to collab? Target did it. Target did it because Target had a line with Basquiat and a bunch of young artists in their line of kids clothing, adult clothing, and baby clothing. And literally, I've bought Vance numerous shirts that were from this See line. And it specifically says on the line that it's a African-American or whatever whatever however it is they tell you specifically on that tag and label that this is a collaboration with so and so from and it gives you the rundown of it and yes it makes me want to buy the product more the stuff is cute it can it's not be overly so done simple. because the, exactly. the artist actually um is you know appreciative of having it and they're also respectful of what they're doing mm-hmm. so they don't make it look clownish either so right. you kind it's really really nice so that would have been what they could have done and they could have done a juneteenth type collab. thing collab when you mm-hmm. collab with the culture, it comes across better. I would have went right in Walmart and bought me a T-shirt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If, you, if like, they would have yeah. collabed, I would have had the ice cream in the fridge right now. <laughs> well, listen, it's Basically. kind of an oxymoron if you think about it. If the marketing company is doing their research, as Nikki's talking about, and we see that they are using other races to advertise for their lotion, it would usually mean to me, I always thought, well, if it's good for them, it's probably not going to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of backwards marketing because they're using it. Right. It's going to be any good for us, you know? And you know what? You bring up a good point, Snook, because it's not even, I wouldn't even say it's about other races, but even Beyonce has gotten in trouble because it's, it's not even about another race. It's about other cultures. You know, everybody could be one race, but there's a lot of different cultures within one race. You know, like every every black person doesn't come from the same culture. Every Hispanic person doesn't come from the same culture. So we can't use things that are African print if we're talking about, you know, American black people. Yeah. That's that's right. just, that's right. that's that's what I'm saying. No, you're absolutely right. Are we back to that again? Oh yeah, that's what the lines look like. That the Bath and Body Works line. That's they, they look like that, like those kind of like African <laughs> oh prints and things like that. You know who could help the hood? Like you were talking about Walmart, and they could have did the Juneteenth better. If these people jump on Juneteenth, it'll shut the world down and everything. <laughs> these folks ain't never had a commercial. <laughs> 
radio drop or nothing. Raymond Noodles, if they decide to help the hood, <laughs> they could clean the streets up. Because everybody does love need, Raymond They don't Noodles. need no advertising. I ain't seen a commercial. I seen a Raymond Noodle <laughs> t-shirt. Have they ever advertised anything? They like... I'm going no matter if I nope. see them on TV or not. We got ramen noodles right there in right. the cabinet right I now. I asked my granddaughter just the day before yesterday, what did you have? She said, I had some ramen noodles. I said, oh, come on now, Greasy. <laughs> they ain't got a cartoon. They ain't got a logo. They ain't got no mascot. <laughs> no, I have nothing. You're right. I've never seen. That's what we need to call I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> if ramen noodles ever wanted to pop out and finally advertise, Juju is on to something. If they hit up Juneteenth, I don't care what they did. If they did Juneteenth, we're going to get them Juneteenth ramen noodles. <laughs> oh, yeah. right because so many cultures they use them best. different ways. Like, you know, uh, I was with uh, someone, they were making yak. You know about that yak, right? What do you know about <laughs> that yak? <laughs> no, no. No, no. There is a breakfast. There's a breakfast that they do with Roman noodles and they call it yak and it yak. Wait a minute. I thought you were talking <laughs> oh, about yak soba. Yes. yes, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. So yes. Mm. No, wait a minute. We was Hold talking about the up. hood. I and thought I thought we talked about the yak. I thought you were talking about <laughs> okay, anyways, long story short, ramen noodles that y'all get a pass. Everybody else, think about it. Stop, think about it, collaborate to make it great. All right, happy Juneteenth and happy Father's Day to all the lit papas out there. We have Shantae Wayans of the Hilarious Wayans family. She's featured in Marlon Wayans Presents the Headliners. It's on HBO Max. She's about to be in the A soon. Check her out. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. a legend in the building okay like i checked out your social media i've been looking at your stuff you're funny funny okay there's a lot of people that think they're funny you're funny funny but how could you not be funny coming from the family that you come from so first of all welcome Chantay wayans hey you guys know the family name <laughs> welcome to montgomery and company this is my wife serena my sister cole and my snookabooka which is my mom hey hey snookabooka hey how you doing child <laughs> how you doing i miss montgomery i'm sorry i normally don't start off with the nickname but how you doing <laughs> But that's just quite all right. We love it. So I'm sure everyone growing up thought their family was fun. But 
Y'all's family was hilarious. So what is it like? Is it really funny all the time? Or is it just like, nah, we turn our funny on when we got to? Like, what is it like? No, you know, it's crazy. Even our seriousness, there's jokes. (laughs) Damon has a story where he used to not spank his kids if they made him laugh. You know what I mean? And and stuff like that. So we have <laughs> what? We we have a lot of like uh we could get away with some stuff if we could make you laugh. I love that. So you talked about his kids. Do y'all ever have like the OGs versus the new school like, oh y'all ain't even funny. This ain't even funny. No like is there any that type of robbery? No, because for some reason like Keenan and everybody, they still there. You know what I mean? They they there and censored to the public, but in clothes, you know, you still got to live in color. We just can't put that out there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. I'm right. just saying. <laughs> so, no, I love that. So you guys tour together. You have the HBO Max comedy special. Marlon Wayans presents the headliners. It's streaming now, everyone. Just so check it out. But tell me about that, how that became about. Talk about it. Um, You know, it's crazy. Uh, pretty much all of us have opened for Marlon. Uh, maybe not so much Tony Baker, but a lot of us have have been on the road or worked with him in some type of uh, shape or form. You know, he he's done a few specials and he's doing more stuff and he wanted to kind of give back to the people that he's he's done it for, you know, or done it with. So that's how that came about. He wanted to get his team together and show that we shouldn't necessarily just be open anymore. Mm. I like that. Listen, y'all are the type of funny that is belly laugh funny. Like, yes, it is. It like you. you think it's okay. It's that's the climax of funny, and then someone <laughs> says something else, and then you keep laughing and laughing and laughing. And that's the part. It's not like you know. Some people can just tell a joke, and then yeah. you're like, "Ha, oh, that was funny." You might ha, chuckle. Ha. Yeah, you're like, "Ha ha ha." They don't have to even say anything most of the yeah. time. <laughs> it's just in the facial expressions, expressions. and the body movements that yes. you don't even have to say anything yes. Yes. for it to be funny. Yes, and that's the type of energy I love going to comedy shows and where it's where you literally the whole time you leave the next day you got pains in your side from laughing (laughs) because you didn't worked out muscles and you didn't even know you had that's the type of belly laughs that I know you and your family are about so I love stuff like that that's the good and I wonder if uh, did your mom and dad ever have to calm y'all down from your comedy antics Man, you know, my mother has it too. Uh, she could be a little bit more firm, but you know, my mother was young. My mom was young when she had us, so she was a kid too, raising us. Like, we used to get, I think I got maybe three spankings in my life, and she would cry with me. <laughs> when she spanked me so my mom (laughs) (laughs) my dad wasn't there but you know we had it it was like that type of thing and it's funny because one uh, to touch on Cole you said it just keeps like that's what I was trying to say uh, with the last question that it's like an alley-oop you know somebody gets the ball it heightens the joke and then it just goes and then you got the act outs like Sean oh my god like impersonation so so sometimes, especially with my career and learning from them, I would call them. And if, if you say anything around them, they automatically go to that's funny. You'd be like, I just told you such and such passed away. They'd be like, yeah, that's not the funny part. The funny part is, you know, <laughs> oh, and, they'll, no. and they'll come up with it. But 
We've laughed at funerals and, and all types of stuff. No, that's lit because they say comedians use life as humor is what they say yes. comedians use. So mm-hmm. I could see that a lot of people might be like, well, what's funny in that? Yeah. And I like that sports reference you threw in there, too, because I, like I mean, I, I can just imagine we're a sports family and we're competitive. We talked about it in the last episode. I can just imagine y'all growing up with these jokes and roasting each other. I bet, I bet oh, the roast, Lord, y'all got the, the roast best roast. And yeah. I bet, was it competitive growing up? The crazy thing is I was so like, you know, I want to say introvert in a way, you know, around a certain people, but I would, you never wanted to, it's the bombing factor, right? So everybody has these jokes. It's funny, funny, funny. And then there's that one way that might have just not needed to jump into the conversation. And then <laughs> our, and then our laughter is so huge. You can hear it in the next city. So you have <laughs> with different optics, just screaming of laughter. It's just one of my favorite stories to tell is this is when I realized, I think you can make anything funny if you wanted to. And I remember graduating from high school and I graduated from a place where I didn't grow up in, you know, I moved out there two years, didn't really have friends, friends. But I graduated, my uncles and my aunt came to uh, my graduation and they came to my crib. The house wasn't that big, right? It couldn't fit that many people. So I told one of my friends, you can come, but you can't bring a plus one or plus 20. Um, (laughs) About 15 minutes later, he rolls around the corner (laughs) with his mom in a wheelchair (laughs) and his entourage of about 10 other family members. I know you So I'm living, right? It's my graduation day. I'm happy, but I am mad. Get in the house and, right, one of my relatives go, don't worry about it, because now they want to take pictures and stuff, right? They go, don't worry about it. (laughs) This one we was doing the Polaroids, right? So you or, or you know the yeah. ones where you got to go get the film box uh, camera. <laughs> yes. So yes. we camera. so my relative go, don't worry about it, and they set everybody up, and then they stood behind them, and so basically the picture that was taken that they developed later only had their their waist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, know what? Face down. So you just saw pictures of them like this. You know what? I'm like, how, how, you, like you have to laugh. You can't not you laugh. You can't do nothing else but laugh. Like, I can't do nothing else but laugh. Like, who is that now? Like, who is that now? You go, oh, yeah, that's a. Uh, you, you started calling Well, that's around. what I had on, so I know that's me. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Facts. And speaking of that, so that's interesting because you know, like how you said you can make anything funny. So with comedians, I know people probably think y'all just get up there, boom, I'm going to just tell some jokes. But anybody who knows, knows there's a process. You got to write, you got to rehearse, you got to test it on a group. So can you just talk about what is your process before you go do a stand up? Like, especially starting a new one. Do you always just go to my old faithful if it's a big gig or do you try to, you know, bring new material out? So, so it depends, you know, holding an audience for 45 minutes to an hour could be way harder than 15, 20 minutes all day, 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when you're trying to tell a story also, you know, I talk about my lifestyle, which I hate to really say that because if I was straight, then everything I'm talking about wouldn't be an issue. Right. But I'm in these crowds and, you know, you got some dudes up in there. You got some older people that go to church and they, they'll they hear it for about five minutes and be like, all right. But I'm like, I'm, but I'm talking about marriage and I'm talking about trying to have kids and what that life looks like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. for me. So but my process is that I like to stay true to myself 
it is showing stuff that I go through and then also trying to make it relatable to everybody. But I, the darkest thing, so like right now, I'll, I'll say one of my premises, which is a lot of stuff has been crazy, right? feels very end of the worldish, And as a lesbian, it's scary, you know, and it got me looking like I don't know if I want to be gay right now, just in case this is the time for Jesus. <laughs> Goodbye. But the workout is I'm not not going to be gay, but at the same time, I, I did grow up a Jehovah's Witness and it does sit in the back of my head. This joke is to try to pull in the church people who are like, oh, okay, so she get that God don't like this. And then to pull the gay people like, you know, hey, man, I feel you, but don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> she trying Yo, to pull the both sides. Hey, I yeah. like that, though. So that's what they say. Every real comedian takes inspiration from their real life. And that so that's dope because you took like you being a Jehovah's Witness. I can't like what was like what? Man, let's just say like, it's, you know, the scariest thing, like my grandfather thought everybody was gay uh, back in the day that wasn't Jehovah's Witness. So, you know, I was fortunate to be in the, in a generation of like the Queen Latifah's and MC Lights because they wore baggy clothes. So you couldn't really, right. you know what I mean? I was right, fitting right, in with right. the, you couldn't uh, really say like, okay. oh, we don't know, we don't know, yeah. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. But though. my family did know. It's just I, I think when it came to religion, I, I searched for a lot of a, a lot of different avenues, and I, I think this speaks a lot about most of the LGBT people. We usually always try it uh, before we really make the decision. This I've been baptized. I've been I try to learn Islam. I, I, I sat in front of the Israelites, but it was just like homo. Wow, <laughs> but I did. You know, you and, the and so, in. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is I'm proud, so. <laughs> that's the. Wow. Crazy. No. So when they go to your show, because you actually are going to have a tour, you already tour, you tour a lot, which is amazing. So during the pandemic, I'm glad to see that people are getting back out and touring. What should people take away when they leave your show? Like, how do you want them to feel? Like, what do you want the vibes to be when people leave a show that's yours? Oh, man. The, the first thing I want you to feel is that it was just a really hilarious show. I, I want people to be able to dig into my world and see how we have a lot of similarities, you know, there's, there's a lot of struggles and stuff like that and how you can turn a lot of those traumas and, and so forth and so on into, into good. But a lot of things have came into my life because I've made certain adjustments and that's kind of where my whole, uh, whole hour is going right now. Realizing love it and understand. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Love it. And so I'm curious about this because you're a comedian. So I want to ask you all these type of questions. And the speaking comedy tour dates in Atlanta are June 25th and in Houston. There's some other dates. June 26th. June 26th. June 26th. Okay. Drop some nuggets in there. Um, but I'm always curious. I got to ask a comedian, is it a compliment or an insult when somebody is getting like roasted in a set? Like if you're roasting somebody on your set, is that a compliment or is that an insult? Well, I think comedians, like for me, I like to have fun. And if you're fun, it's going to help the show, right? I've learned audience members a lot of times like to participate. They like to feel a part of the show. If you're not annoying or overly drunk because you don't know how to stop, it actually helps with certain jokes. Like I might say something and then the uh, audience member might say something. I go, that is what I'm talking about. And then it changes, you know what I mean? The whole thing. So Got it's you. not an insult. Yep. 
only if you're not being annoying. Once you're being annoying and then people just keep ragging on you and start to tell you to shut Finish up. Him. Yeah, that's when it's like, <laughs> you know, which the club should ask them to leave or be quiet anyway. But that's the only when it's not a compliment. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. So. Like we said, you're touring. You can check out the headline. Marlon Wayans presents the headliners. It's on HBO Max. You're touring. You're doing so many different things. You've already had your own big show. So is there anything that you really want to accomplish? Like, is there, is there something that, like, you're like, yeah, this is on my to-do list as far as, like, performance? I think the biggest thing is creating a show uh, around, you know, my, my whole life. You know what I mean? That's that's like my number one goal. And also, you know, I'm I'm into this metaverse coming. You know, I'm I'm trying to build. Oh boy! Yes. Oh, boy. Now you talk about go. language. Oh, now you talk goodness. about language. <laughs> Listen, regardless of what y'all say, it's coming, and <laughs> it's, it's actually already here, it's and it's been over. here for a minute. Mm-hmm. So. Y'all better get some real estate. I'm gonna be in, in the metaverse uh, tomorrow. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. I got a gig tomorrow in the metaverse. I don't know what people think. I know y'all think that this is a fake world that we're talking about. There is money in that world. There is people buying land, people that you know that are famous, and that doesn't matter. But I'm just saying, people that have a lot of resources behind to look up, research, and figure out if this is a good investment, and they're investing. So I'm not saying everybody should invest. But I'm saying that people should warm up snooka booker to yeah. the idea of a metaverse. Well, you know, I keep telling you that I've seen you out there. I see the metaverse almost every day. Yeah. No. See, she's trying to say the fake stuff in the world is the metaverse. No, there is a metaverse. See, you talking about metaverse uh, 1.0. We talking about metaverse 2.0. You know, we, we just, you know, it's you and the iPhone 1 reality right now. She said you iPhone one. Yeah, you have an iPhone. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, that's the problem. Well, let me ask you: Are you coming to Maryland? I need to check it out. But are you gonna be coming <laughs> to Maryland? Like everybody wants to bypass Maryland. So, so look, the tour has just started. We racking up dates right now. Um, okay. Maryland is on uh, the list as well as DC and Orlando. Um, so these are the things I'm gotcha. pulling in. I, I'll make sure I find well, you. Maybe and- that's where I can catch her at. We'll come up, okay. Nikki. We'll come up and go to a show. Oh, I'm coming. I'm in Maryland, so yes. (laughs) I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Don't sit in the front, Miss Montgomery, though. Please don't sit in the front. Cause those are the ones that they, that y'all pick on. Y'all won't be bothered. You can pick me out. I'll, I'm good hearted. I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, oh, she's gonna, gonna be a, she she gonna be a good sport. She's gonna play along. No, y'all gonna come and it's gonna turn into a whole <laughs> thing. No. Y'all gonna we come and I'm gonna be like in parentheses. It says. Okay. 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 I don't know how to curse. Like it's a respect thing. I'm not. I'm not really trying to dish you. But don't sit in the front. You gonna mess up her show. You know, don't change anything because of me. But before we leave, one quick thing, too. I just want to say that I know you come from a comedic family, and I was just so overjoyed to see uh, Wayne in, um, in uh, Bel Air. I thought that oh, was yeah. you. Oh, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Marlon. I'm so excited. Marlon in Bel Air. He did a phenomenal. And I know that all of you comedians in that family, you'll probably be moving over to this big screen as well. You know? yeah. Comedians can do drama too, is yes. what Snook was barking. Yes. It don't mean you can only do comedy. And Marlon yes. came through with the serious role. I don't, I don't even know if I like Marlon. And that's good for him <laughs> because he made that means me he's mad. believable. 
Yes. Have you seen yes. Have you seen Wreck-It Room from the Dream? Okay, so my husband was talking about that movie. I haven't seen it. He's seen it. And he was like, it was really good. So I got to watch that. So definitely. I'll, let me just back up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you come to Maryland, we won't sit in the front. <laughs> I, but I would say have, you might you you might want to have your your car on deck because I, I don't know. Sometimes you know Maryland, we kind of act up sometimes. I, I just don't know. <laughs> you know not, what? I don't want you to invite you here and not tell you. Just you might have to be she on point. She apologizes for the city already. I apologize if something gets out of hand. You know how oh, we do. Man. But I, just say it comes through. We would love for you to come through. I'm coming. Yeah, it gonna stop me. I know how to escape. <laughs> All right, Shantae, I appreciate you hopping on here with us at Montgomery and Company. We gonna be at the show. Yes. Y'all check out Marlon Wayans Presents the Headliners on HBO Max and catch her out. She coming to a city near you. Let's go. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Coming up next, we have the co-founders of Song Glorious, which is an application that you can make customized songs. Father's Day's coming up, y'all. You can make customized songs. We have Omeya Tao and Ellen Hodges. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You're the founders of Song Glorious, which is a company that basically lets you customize songs to your liking. It could be a birthday song, Valentine's Day song. It doesn't matter. You wanted people to be able to customize music. So can you just tell me the origin story of how Song Glorious and how this all began? Because we like to talk a lot of business and founders and, and family and family. So you're like all <laughs> of everything all in one with us. <laughs> yeah. So Omeya and I were living uh, in New York during the pandemic. And uh, we had been doing music together a lot and uh, just, you know, mostly for fun. <laughs> and um, 
we made a song for a friend's wedding, one of my friend's wedding, uh, for, you know, about their love story. And the reaction was just, you know, amazing. So during the pandemic, when everybody's lives were kind of in turmoil, we're like, you know, just thinking about things we could do, side hustles we could start. And so we, you know, launched a website doing personalized songs. And the plan was for us to, you know, just make them all and, you know, make maybe two or three a week. And that would be fun. But, uh, you know, we put some advertising money into it and it really blew up bigger than we expected. And artists started reaching out to us and it's just grew from there. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful idea, though. It, it is. is. It's so amazing. Because yeah. we know there's personalized cars, there's personalized everything, basically. And I'm like, I love personalizing things. You put money behind it. The business started to grow. Now you're applying the Shark Tank or how does that work? How did that work? Yeah, so... Just one thing is when we decided to do this, we launched the website literally within like four hours of like deciding we're going to do it on our couch That's in Brooklyn <laughs> when we were living with like three other people, you know, our roommates. And yeah. we, ju we just decided on the spot, like, let's let's just let's do it. Let's well, just try it. Test it. it. Yeah, that's crazy. Wait, well, before we even get to the Shark Tank, how did you come up with the name like Song Glorious? I love it. It makes a lot of sense. So who came up with it? How did that happen? Thank you. I'd like to take credit <laughs> and make sure that I take the credit. <laughs> but um, honestly, it, was, it just came. We were just sitting on the couch and I was coming up with names. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ellen was, uh, you know, she was like judging the names I was giving. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, that sucks, that sucks. And I usually come up with like horrible stuff. Most of the time it's like horrible stuff I'm coming up with. So I have Ellen to be the judge of what, like what I'm saying. And then I, I said Song Glorious and she like perked up. She's like, oh, I like that. Let's do it right now. <laughs> I love that. Much. And, and, it, and, and, it, and it represents what we do. I mean, it's. It's songs, and we feel we feel like it's glorious. So. Yeah, I love that. And you I, said I within four hours it. you had a website. So within four hours of the name, you guys went about getting a website. Did you start an LLC? Like, what all did you do within that four hours or that one day? <laughs> In the beginning, literally all we did was we just launched a Shopify store with some, you know, custom options uh, built in, and just kind of did some basic design. Yeah, very, very, very minimal. Basic. To just, you know, see if the idea was even viable, if people would buy it. I love and, that. And um, they did. So then we started doing, you know, first like an LTD and then like later an LLC. And we got all those, you know, of that into line a little later. No, because we like to talk about the business aspect of it, because sometimes people think to start a company, they think, oh, my gosh, there's so much we have to do to start an idea. But you guys got the idea on your couch. You came up with the name. And then four hours later, you started making a website. How much money did you even need to just start to get the idea off the ground? Yeah, it's probably like just because of, um, you know, setting up the website. We did it as cheaply as possible because, mm -hmm. you know, we, it's not like we had a lot of money. We were trying to. And we had no idea if the idea was going to work. We didn't want to invest a lot. Yeah, you don't want to. Exactly. <laughs> so we... we probably like in the first week, maybe maybe $10,000 overall. And that's with um, and that was all like credit card like debt that I took on and, <laughs> and saved up money from, you know, I was working on the railroad in New York at Amtrak. And that was all in like just basically social media advertising. That was the only thing we really wow. spent money on yeah. at all. Opening wow. the store and I always tell people like, I'm not one to give advice. I always take it with a grain of salt, but like uh, if you have an idea that you think is good, you just start it as cheaply as possible and see if it if, if it's working, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you can start to expand or whatever. Hey, that's some good advice. Yeah. Oh, that's great advice. So what made you guys go all in? Uh, the money. That was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the 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 revenue started coming in, mm -hmm. 
you know, we don't we don't have crazy profit margins because you know we pay the artists. We put we we have to heavily put a lot of money into marketing. Mm -hmm. So we worked jobs. I had like a career in the railroad. I had worked railroad for like ten years, and uh, you know I was managing a project in in uh, Penn Station, New York. Uh, so once once we started seeing like we're you know we got enough revenue to start living, you know it's time we start doing something we really like doing. Yeah. You know I, I'm not. I liked the railroad. I enjoyed it. They did a lot for me. I appreciate everything. And but uh, I, I love music and doing and doing this and being our own bosses. So yeah, and I was just you know working as a barista in Manhattan, and so it was it was an easy quit for me, <laughs> an easy transition. <laughs> Not that I didn't like you know I loved my job there as well, but it wasn't it was never a career. So it wasn't like I was leaving a whole lot behind. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think we we quit a little too early we honestly because we didn't know what we were doing and we got lucky because it could have easily went south we, it was risky when we quit and but you we took got a lucky, risk so. that's what it's about you gotta you, you gotta take that leap of faith you guys took a leap of faith and look look what came out of it that's true yeah that's true it's hard to take that risk it's, yeah. it's really yeah, hard especially it. once you get settled in a good job <laughs> mm -hmm. you got a decent career and it's like it's hard to leave that. It's hard, Def it's hard to leave stability and that security and that stability. But you guys did it. You took the leap of faith. You had some income coming in. You had enough that you could see. You had the vision to see where this could go. and You wanted to go all in on it. Now you apply. You get to Shark Tank. What is that like? What are your thoughts? Are you terrified? Are you scared? I know you guys had a great creative oh my pitch. Gosh. Tell us about your pitch, how you did it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty terrifying. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. You know, you're sitting... You know, you're walking into the tank, you know, for the first time and uh, they you really are meeting the, the investors for the first time. And, you know, they've done this a thousand times. So it's right. like it's routine to them. And so they're not intimidated whatsoever. But for us, you know, we had done we had done local TV stuff, but nothing, you know, in person, nothing live like, you know, recording like that. And so we were, we were pretty nervous. But, you know, honestly, the like the pitch part itself where you come out and you're like, hey, sharks, and you do one minute, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. spiel. We were less nervous for that because we had rehearsed it like a thousand times. <laughs> so we could do it in our sleep. And that was, it was like almost like just a performance. Like, yeah. And being musicians, we're kind of used to, you know, that aspect of being on stage. But the Q&A, we were really, you know, concerned of how that was going to go afterwards. Yeah, because you're always worried you're going to say something stupid, you know, like, yeah. especially on TV and like, oh, everybody's going to hear how dumb I am, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 Back in the day, that. We've seen other people who have a great idea and they say one bad thing and you're like oh man you they messed it all up yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that's what we're used to watching like uh yeah. you know, every every episode's like someone getting destroyed and you're, yes. you're and everybody's kind of watching like yeah destroy them you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's entertaining <laughs> yeah that's true one of the things you know on special occasions like i have someone who always calls and sings happy birthday and, 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 and you know i love that they have that thought for me and everything it's a little bit to go through to you know for them to sing it to me and you know <laughs> Yeah. smile and say thank you and all of that what, yeah, yeah. What, what kind of songs and tell us a little bit about the songs and things that you do for special occasions yeah yeah that's a good question we we do we do all kinds of occasions mm -hmm. so it, you know the customer orders whatever they want so they yeah. put in the details so we've got all kinds of stuff like uh you know they're getting married or or it's a birthday or it's an anniversary and sometimes it's like oh it's a breakup song like they want to break up with their <laughs> oh girlfriend my. they buy her a song and like, oh, <laughs> like my they get it no. so the yeah. song <laughs> yeah we've seen we've seen some breakups we've seen yeah. a, we've seen some like um 
you know, the guy's married and he'll buy a song for his uh, girlfriend on the side. <laughs> oh, that's what? interesting. <laughs> what? What kind of re- reveal do you have on that? <laughs> I, I would love a video of that. Oh, I know. I know, right? Really? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because my mind didn't even go to that place. I'm just thinking about all. But yeah, I guess that's also all a very big stuff. market as well. Yeah, love comes in all shapes all and sizes. Shapes. There, you go, there you go. There and, you go. So, and speaking of that, you guys are both artists. And so do you still perform? Do you still do music? Or now you your business owners and that's your main focus it's definitely our main focus has definitely shifted into the business rather than you know the producing side of it but you know we still record for ourselves sometimes you know if he has an idea nothing serious just just for fun (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like Mm -hmm. just for fun in the studio like in our home studio it's nothing it's nothing crazy right yeah coming up with hits in there yeah that's right our next interview they'll have like five new hits for all these artists and that's gonna be the next thing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i i wish uh it's 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 tough because like you know you're working on the business so much you guys know how it is like you're we we put we put so much time into this every Mm -hmm. extra minute we have so uh, I'd love to play like gigs again, you know, yeah. once, once the time we opens up. We keep saying, up. we're like, oh, you know, we'll Let's do a set a, here. Yeah, somewhere. Let's do a set, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you start to become your own boss, this happens a lot. You know, when you build your own company, it's like the creative aspect of you is not gone, but you have to deal so much with the functionality of the business and everything going on that the creative side might be the side that doesn't get as much love, even with us, you know, as one of the, my favorite things to do is create, whether it's content, ideas, but sometimes it's like a whole week could pass and I was just doing the things that I got to get done first and that stuff falls to the side. But you guys are expecting, um, Ellen, you are pregnant. What? You guys are expecting. Congrats. What are you naming your baby? I want the whole world to know this. Because oh, we're going to do the reveal. We're going to do a reveal here. We're going to do a reveal here right now yeah. of who you, what are you going to name your baby? I'm excited for people to know this. And Snook and Cole are all going to hear this live right now. Don't forget <laughs> to tell them why, okay? Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so her first name is Layla, but her middle name is Renee. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Renee, Renee wants to think that she has something to do with that. Right, oh, of, course, of course, of course, of course, of <laughs> course. We're going to change our last names to Montgomery as well. <laughs> Well, listen, we listen, we wish you guys nothing but the best song glorious. The reason that I came across a song glorious is because first of all, I saw it on Shark Tank, but then I remembered that we needed it. I remembered that they licensed music. So you can get music made and then you can get it made for commercial use. So I thought, huh, we have a whole family vlog coming out about all of our adventures. We need music. So I went on Song Glorious and I started clicking around and y'all stop me if I'm lying because I made one song and then I was like, this is dope. I got another idea. I made another. Oh yeah. (laughs) There hasn't been a bad one yet. 
That's it awesome. got to like nine songs, I think. And I was like, all right, I think I'm in a good place now of how much music yeah. we needed. But now those songs, Cole and them, they've heard the songs. They love them. They're I mean, like, you, and you know it's good when people are just like singing it randomly around the yes. house. Like, Message to Kim just like just That's randomly great. singing That's great. the song. Yeah, so the reason that we came to Song Glorious is because I was actually a user that loved it and it had a need. It filled an actual need. And then with us being artists in the family, I love the concept that the artists are making the money, the artists are empowered, the artists, you know, can control their own destiny in a pandemic. The artists keep their rights. Kept their rights. So there's a lot of things that we love that that's how they got here is because we used the platform and we loved it. So congrats to you guys on the functionality of it. Sometimes those things don't get talked about enough, but it is so easy to create your own song on there. I made probably about 11, 12 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we had to have you guys on here because you guys have created something really amazing and it's really unique. Like, you know, like Renee said, there was there was a, a, a hole to fill there. There was a space to fill there for sure. We got to ask you one question because you have a new, your ability, your family's growing and we talk about the money that you create for your family. What does generational wealth mean to you all now that you've got your own company and you have a little nugget on the way? That's, 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 a, a, really that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in the Middle East, right? And my dad's Palestinian. So my grandfather was an orphan mm -hmm. in Palestine like a long time ago. And uh, just thinking about what they did to help me get to where I am now you know, I'd be nowhere without them. And uh, the, the hard work that they put in and the struggle that they had to, to, to get me to have my, I have an easy life, you know, it's, you know, even before the company, it's pretty easy, yeah. you know? Um, and I think just creating that generational wealth to pass on to, to, the, next, to the next generation is, is so important. So um, that, you know, they can be empowered to do Whatever. To do what they they want to do. Yeah. Exactly. And what they love. Love that. I agree. Love that. We firmly believe in that. We always say it's a generational thing with Montgomery and Company. And we thank you, Ellen and Omeya Montgomery, for joining the family. <laughs> 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 Company, let's go. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having yeah. us. And and just so you know, the reason we like you know we work with you guys is because of how amazing you guys are and it's like look at this family beautiful family Thank and uh, you. you guys are so nice and we just we love we, we love you guys you're so wholesome and and you understand Song Glorious, so. Yes, thank you. It's all family now. It's exactly. all part of the family. And we wish you blessings on your little nugget coming. Let us know yes. When, yes. when she gets here. But you guys, thank you for joining us on Montgomery & Company. Thank you so much. Make it make sense. So Cole is going to explain dads at the door, but what we have to make make sense is the fact that we need dads at the door to protect our kids at school. Cole? Remember dads and donuts? It was a, a concept started by the school system to bring dads into the school system, be more active, take a more active role. Um, it was a part more so the PTA association and it was more initiatives that they would put out. They had, you know, a number of events that they would throw. This was one of them. Basically, it was for dads to come in the morning, have donuts, sit and eat with your kids, meet the administrators and the faculty of the school, you know, basically socialize with other dads. It was a great event just because a lot of dads, when I know when I was younger, a lot of dads worked. And so they didn't get to participate 
in as many activities as a lot of the moms. With that being said, Daz and Donuts was born. It was a success as far as I know. And some school systems may continue that till this day. But now there's a new concept out there. And I need for this entire country, mostly our governmental administration to make it make sense as to why now we have dads and donuts and now have dads and doors. Dads and doors is something that's fairly more recent uh, has been happening around the country with all of the school shootings the fear that most parents feel dropping their kids off of school every day. There are a number of dads who are not going to accept it and feel like if they have to go to school and stay in the door for their kid to feel safe, to learn for their family, to feel like they're safe. That's what they're doing. Snook sent us an article of a dad standing at a door. I saw numerous videos of dads now standing at doors. And so more recently, I went to an event at my son's school. My son has goes to a wonderful school. The community is very active in the school. There's a lot of programs that they actually throw. We had shortly after the Uvalde school shooting, there was an event we had. It's basically a spring event, end of the year celebration. The school basically just saying, hey, we used to have these events all the time, but since COVID, this is the first year we can have it since we've been back. And it was absolutely wonderful. But one thing I did notice is that there were a record number of dads and dads at the doors. And so I want to say this. I want to give all the dads credit where credit is due. There are some dads that are very active in the schools all year round. This is nothing new to them. And I commend them. I think it's wonderful. But I do see a lot more dads at the doors and I saw more dads at the event period. And I saw a lot more moms at the events. you know, I think that the entire country is in a state of fear, a state of shock and a state of grieving. And we're grieving that we no longer feel like our schools are safe. And so dads at the doors is born. I need for the government to make this make sense because I remember in school learning and everyone being proud that no one was going to come into this country or try to challenge this country in a war or attack us from the outside because we were the strongest country in the world and that no military, no army, no Navy, no Air Force could touch us. I need the government. I need someone to make it make sense. In the strongest country in the world, how we believe that these fathers, which it's great that the fathers are at the school, but feel like that their children can't be safe at the school. And we think that that's okay. We don't think that any of our policies and procedures that are put in place for guns and safety of our kids in schools needs to be refocused. We just want to let it go at what we're doing right now and we think this is okay we really think this is an alternative that all schools should be looking at because if you do nothing and say nothing you think there's no problem so make it make sense please you know i'm feeling real presidential this month and it's not just because i met our forever first lady i feel like there's a lot of intersectionality that's connecting where people are making all of our problems, all of our problems. You know, it's Pride Month, there's Juneteenth. There's a lot of intersectionality and I love that it's connecting. Even this shirt right here that I'm wearing is connecting the intersectionality 
It's a rainbow fist, just in case you aren't seeing it. But also, shouts to Shakari Richardson. Came back, won the 200, back like she never left. What Drake say? I'm Shakari, smoking on and off the track, baby. You know what? I am feeling presidential. I ran into Senator Warnock at the airport. There's just a lot of vibes going on. ATL, stand up. Y'all know what to do. It's election time. I don't have to say it. At MoCo, it's a generational thing. We'll see y'all next week. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.